Hi, everybody, um, and welcome to this session on meeting corporate cage-free egg pledges through impact incentives with Jayasima Nugahali. I'm Bridget Williams, and I'll be the MC for this session. We'll be starting with an 18-minute talk um, by Jayasima, and then we'll move on to a live Q&A session where he'll respond to some of your questions. Um, now I'd like to introduce our speaker for this session. Jayasima Nugahali is the Chief Operating Officer of Global Food Partners where he implements key initiatives to promote higher welfare production systems in the food sector. He also spearheads the development of innovative traceability and supply chain solutions for animal source protein. JSMA has worked closely with egg farmers, governments and industry stakeholders throughout India and Asia to drive the transition to higher welfare cage-free egg production systems. JSMA is a former fellow at Harvard Law School, founding director of the Animal Law Center at NALSAR School University of Law in Hyderabad, and member of the Animal Welfare Board of India. Here's Jayasimha. Hi, my name is Jayasimha, and I am one of the co-founders and the Chief Operating Officer for Global Food Partners. Today, I'm going to talk about Global Food Partners' work to accelerate cage-free egg production in Asia. Global Food Partners is a Singapore-based consulting company. We work with food businesses in the region to help them fulfill their cage-free commitments. What we really found in the region was that while food businesses had the commitments to go cage-free, there really wasn't a supply of cage-free eggs in the region at all. And when farmers wanted to go cage-free, they didn't have the needed technical support that would help with the transition. We also found that farmers who were willing to get or rather change to cage-free egg production did not have enough incentives to make the change. And Global Food Partners plans to work or is working on all of these places, A, by providing incentives to farmers that will help them go from cage to cage free, B, provide the technical support that uh, farmers require so that the transition is successful and cage free uh, egg production is seen as economically viable. And third, most important thing, help companies report their progress uh, to a various amount of stakeholders. How we work, uh, we work with companies on three stages. The first stage is the planning stage. And in the planning stage, uh, we work with food businesses who are at different uh, stages of their journey on implementing or rather sometimes even developing their animal welfare policies. So food businesses might come to us when they don't have an animal welfare policy at all. And then we work with them to help draft an animal welfare policy uh, and sometimes even translate them to different languages. Uh, once this is done, uh, we, also, uh, we then help with implementation. There could also be food businesses who their headquarters may be based in Europe or North America already have a commitment and they're seeking support for planning and execution of this commitment in the region. And this planning support is extremely important, especially the language support and translation, because a lot of times the words that we presume that everybody would understand, uh, not everybody understands. For example, uh, while I was working in India, there was a really funny situation. Uh, there was a room full of uh, egg producers and a question was asked to them saying that how many of you can find your birds or how many of you have battery cages in your farm? And we knew that all those farmers were actually uh, 
of uh, battery cages or rather cage farmers, but they all were like, well, we don't have any battery cages on our farms. And uh, the person who was asking the question was a bit perplexed, uh, only to realize that when the term battery cages was put to them, they were visualizing uh, automated cages which require electric batteries to actually run them. So a lot of times, a lot can be lost in translation and hence planning and especially ensuring that the terminologies is translated becomes an extremely important aspect. Then comes implementation, where we provide technical support to egg farmers uh, as uh, on cage free egg production system. And the reason why technical support and the implementation support is important, again, is because about the visual, lack of visual reference, right? Uh, the farmers in Asia, when you talk to them about cage-free egg production, uh, they probably have two very distinct uh, visual reference. The first one is going back to 1970s and 80s, where uh, the most of egg production was happening in what was called as deep litter system, which was inherently cage-free, uh, but then it had its own negatives and hence farmers actually moved away from deep litter system to cages or they end up thinking of this really ultra modern European uh, cage free or systems which require a huge amount of capital investment and in both of these visualization the response that we get from egg producers is like well it's not easy for us to implement this and hence Providing technical support that makes sense to the Asian farmer is something that is very, very important. Uh, and also with relation to just terminologies, right? As in when you talk about cage-free, a lot of the time farmers end up thinking that people are talking about organic, smallholder agriculture, where birds are probably in backyard in some sort of a village. So that just providing the technical support on a, what the visualization is and then providing technical support so that they're able to run a successful farm. And the reason why running a successful farm and providing the technical support initially is extremely important because farmers are coming with their own reservations into cage-free farming. And if for lack of technical support, there's an outbreak of disease or cannibalism uh, or feather picking or things like that on a farm, they're going to paint the entire cage-free production that it's riddled with these problems, uh, while it's not necessarily true, through hence implementation and technical support is super important. We also provide support and the support could be uh, through by establishing a training center uh, and this support can be of farmers or food businesses and brands can actually send their own producers to come and get trained in a training center. And we've also tied up with other commodities uh, and to provide a one-stop solution to brands uh, to help provide incentives uh, to farmers who are going cage-free through Impact Alliance. And in the next few slides, we'll talk more uh, about our training center and impact alliance, our training centers. While Europe, uh, first maybe 20, 30 years ago, started to see the movement towards cage-free, there was also the academic knowledge that was built on cage-free production in the in Europe overall. And uh, so we partnered with ARIES, which is a Dutch-based uh, university which specializes on cage-free production, to bring that knowledge to Asia, however localize them. We plan to in, uh, have two training centers, one in Indonesia and second one in China. And the, the rationale 
detail was that when we uh, spoke to farmers, we realized that there were a few very key barriers for transition. And the first one was just lack of knowledge on cage-free management overall. The second thing is they wanted to see a successful model. And hence, we decided to set up a small model farm where farmers are able to come, get a feel about what the cage-free farms could look like. And this goes back to what I was speaking earlier about having a visual reference about how cage-free production is. And uh, also kind of provide the veterinary extension support or at least create capacity within the veterinarians so that they're able to support cage-free farmers. Uh, again, Asia is uh, not all of Asia is same. In some parts of this region, there's actually no state capacity to provide veterinary extension at all. And in places where they do, what we end up seeing is that the veterinary extension capacity either supports really small backyard farmers or the veterinarians in the private realm or even sometimes even government veterinarians are extremely inclined towards large scale caged operation. And for us, just building capacity of veterinarians itself so that there is an extension system that's available to support the egg farmers who are transitioning is extremely important. What will our cage fee system or cage fee training system uh, uh, model farm do? It will provide practical training in best practices in cage fee production and management. So farmers who come to our training center will get on-farm experience where they're able to touch the bird, get a feel of the bird overall. Uh, we are partnering with a local university. So in Indonesia, uh, we've uh, we've circled in on two local universities who could be uh, who could house these training centers. We are looking for a host university in China, and most importantly, the the training will be conducted in local language. So what we are hoping is that the China training center will be used for the China and Greater China area overall, and the Indonesia training center uh, could support the rest of the region, so which could be Malaysia, Thailand. And uh, we will provide training in Bahasa Indonesia, Malay, Thai, so that farmers get information in the language that is easily understandable and digestible to them. Uh, we also, uh, the model farm could also uh, act as a research and development center on various other tools and techniques that is required and which is more suitable for uh, Asian way. Uh, the cohort that we are looking to train are producers, auditors, veterinarians, and other stakeholders. So this is overall our training center. We are really, really excited. Of course, with COVID, uh, just traveling is becoming a bit of a problem. Hence, we are also trying to pivot with our training center overall, uh, where we, for till the uh, COVID situation kind of comes uh, under control, the training will be provided through an online model. And we are also trying to innovate through some other technical innovations, like having a 360 degree camera and farmers getting a feel through a VR, uh, a VR headset on how cage-free farms look like. Now, this is on the production side. Of course, when producers go cage-free, they want incentives. And when we just looked at all the problems that exist as to uh, which create the bottleneck for food businesses, uh, we could like sum up onto a few of them, right? One was uh, just that food businesses have no leverage. So in many other parts of the world, especially in, let's say, Europe or North America, when you have one big company making a commitment, because they're such huge in their consumption, they have a leverage to change how animal agriculture uh, happens in that particular country. However, 
in asia most food businesses don't have that kind of leverage because food is consumed or rather sold or eggs are sold in hot markets in food stalls street food and things like that so uh, organized food retail overall uh, be it uh, as quick serve restaurants or hotels or retailers themselves uh, have a small piece of the entire slice hence they don't necessarily have a leverage to get the food businesses to change their or get the producers rather to change their method of production uh, the other problem that we saw was that there were few cage free farms however the food businesses demand was spread across a wide region so a big cost was actually just transporting the eggs uh, physically from the farm to that particular uh, consumption location and the cost of transport was very high and the cost of just maintaining the identity of cage free eggs were very high and uh, so we wanted to find a solution uh, to this particular problem where the food businesses are not necessarily tinkering into their existing supply chain uh, they are not necessarily um, uh, you know paying extra sometimes 300% in some markets 100% more than what a caged eggs would cost uh, just to feed uh, these busy bodies in the supply chain uh, and we started to have a discussion with other commodities and we realized that all these other commodities also had similar problems in regions where the supply chain was really complex and there wasn't a leverage and uh, we came up with an impact alliance the impact alliance consists of global food partners textile exchange which works on leather and cotton the global round table on sustainable beef which works on beef as well as proterra which works for soy and sugar to see if we could create a one stop solution for companies where they could come look at animal welfare and other scopes such as uh, zero deforestation and con conversion free uh, products just for soy and things like that and they're able to support farmers uh, who have implemented them and we feel that the impact alliance and the impact incentives play an extremely important tool to create that entire supply of cage free eggs in the region overall this is not a new concept uh, it's been used in palm oil for a long period of time and as a matter of fact electricity companies have used this for the longest time right uh, when you call your grid asking them to supply k uh, supply renewable energy it's not like a new line is drawn to your overall house what they do is they start uh, charging you a little bit extra use that money to buy renewable energy credit so we're using the same credit formula that has worked very well with other commodities such as um, palm oil and electricity and breaking into uh, other commodities especially with cage free eggs so as you see uh, the impact incentives are basically cage free credits purchased to offset conventional egg usage so it is a food business that's buying caged eggs they continue to just buy caged eggs and they buy cage free credits to offset their overall uh, conventional cage egg uh, uh, cage egg consumption what happens on the farmer end is that the certified cage free farmer will receive a premium uh, for animal welfare practices uh, so they end up growing their hens get the cage free eggs and overall just sell the eggs in the normal market as caged eggs itself but then through impact incentives they get the credit or receive the premium and uh, companies also have a way to work with us through impact partnership where food businesses and um, the global food partners provide the training and infrastructure support 
So in this particular place, the brands or food businesses have two options. One is that they could directly buy impact incentives in places where they already are available, or if they want to work with their own supply chains and so on suppliers, um, they could uh, work with global food partners with an impact partnership incentive. And through that partnership, we can provide trainings and data collection and trading support and stuff like that. And companies are able to narrate a story of change. Uh, with impact incentives uh, and the impact partnership incentives, along with our training centers, we are almost uh, certain that we'll be able to make a marked difference in the overall production of cage breaks in the region. And brands now have these new tools to ensure that uh, their commitments are actually fulfilled. And thus, uh, Global Food Partners is looking to partner with food businesses and farmers to make impact happen. I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, um, thanks so much for that talk, Jayasima. And um, thanks so much for joining us here for this live Q&A session. Um, just you. a reminder, you can uh, still submit questions uh, to everyone at home. You can still submit questions um, in the, uh, the chat box. Um, uh, but I have a, a couple of my own, so I might just kick off with one of those if that's okay. Um, so I guess... So the work you're doing is, is more about improving the conditions of um, farmed animals. Uh, but uh, I guess other people in the infrastructure space have taken the approach of trying to end factory farming and looking into, I guess, alternative protein sources as a, as, as a method of getting there and also other methods as well. What's, I guess, what's motivated the approach to, I guess, focus on improving welfare of animals rather than um, trying to abolish factory farming? Yeah, thank you so much. And that's a really important question. Uh, obviously, uh, there's been a growth, and uh, I think Lewis's talk yesterday spoke about how there's been a growth of uh, investment in alternate protein in the region overall, and in government as well as private funding. But when you really look at uh, just new farms being established and intensive confinement of animals, it would, it would be unlikely that uh, there is going to be a marked difference in the number of animals confined in the near future. So in that sense itself, in the short term, we do believe that just getting these animals out of cages and crates and providing that welfare is really, really important. Uh, when one looks at media and like the pickup, it obviously seems that uh, the, the animal agriculture is like not taking off as one would imagine. But then in reality, as we speak, there are like new cages and new crate facilities being built in the region. And it's extremely important that uh, we kind of start working on bringing that much to the reform on the animals. And the other aspect is just focusing on getting these corporate commitments fulfilled is important because uh, we as a movement has, have invested time and resources getting all of these commitments. And this last mile of actually helping corporates to fulfill commitments, not only is leverages the entire value of getting the corporate commitments overall. So I guess, um, that's one of the reasons why Global Food Partners focuses on uh, trying to get these birds out of cages and most importantly, uh, incentivizing producers to have cage-free farms and making it easy for corporates to fulfill their commitments. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what have you found have been the biggest barriers to getting corporates to come on board with these commitments? Right. So corporates have come on board with the commitments that the biggest barriers to implementation is that cage-free egg production is so nascent in the, in the region. As in though we are seeing big companies to CP making the change, but it still caters to a small uh, 
population or maybe like even upwardly mobile or higher income people who are shopping in retailers. So to us, it seems that just trying to build capacity and that's the reason why Gold Food Partners is dedicated to establishing a training center in Indonesia, a training center in China, which has a model farm associated with it, uh, delivering training to primary producers in local language that could be Bahasa Indonesia, Thai, Malay, Chinese, uh, so that the, there's a production, uh, the production increases with building capacity of the producers. It is another problem is that when uh, farmers oversimplify going cage-free, the chances that there could be a disease outbreak or feather pecking or whatever, uh, which can come in due to management issue. And that can let people do easily wash the entire cage-free agriculture uh, as a practice to be problematic, while uh, just having that good management practice is so important. Uh, and that's the reason why we're focusing on that because those are the key barriers. Yeah. It's. Uh, I didn't realize that um, you're such a, a young organization. It's impressive how much you've been able to do so far, particularly given uh, 2020 as well and the challenges that that's posed. Um, what What's next on the agenda for Global Food Partners? Do you think that this model can be um, translated to other areas of farmed animal welfare? Or yeah, what, what's what are the plans? Sure, I think from now to 2025, uh, we're going to be focused on egg laying hens and then maybe expanding to other species. Uh, but we're focused in Asia. That's where we really want to make the change happen. Um, but uh, I guess establishing the two training centers and then expanding the training centers in other parts of this region is probably where we want to focus and just ensure that uh, the commitment that the companies have made, the financial incentive reaches the farmers. And because that's finally the solution to all the, this gridlock that we are kind of stuck in between the producers and the consumers and ensuring that farmers get all sorts of financial benefits as well as uh, other technical resources to do a smooth transition and continue to focus on that aspect of work. Okay. Um, so we've really only got time for one more question, um, but I just thought I'd get your opinion on what effective or people engaged in effective altruism in the Asia-Pacific region could be doing um, themselves on, on these sorts of issues. Sure. So we see that there's a huge uh, lack of resources in local language. So in the sense that while there are issues, for example, there was like a very funny instance in India, like there was a group of farmers and they were like, oh, well, you've confined animals in battery cages. And literally they all were like, no, we don't confine animals in battery cages. But we knew for a fact that they all were using cages. But when it was translated in their mind, battery cages was a battery operated cage, which required, which was like a mechanical cage of some sort. And they were like, well, we don't. So I guess like a lot of time, uh, not localizing our experience to local language is a problem as to as like just the EA community across Asia, taking the resource that is there, translating it, making it relevant to uh, the socioeconomic and political conditions in that region uh, so that our expectation becomes reality. I guess that's what that's one of the things that we can. And so if there's any EA who are listening who want to be more involved on just getting these resources in local language, we'd be happy to just work with them. Yeah. Okay, great. All right, well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. But um, thank you. Thanks so much for, for joining us, JC, and thanks everybody for joining us at home. Thank you so much for having me.